Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello. Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed. This is one of our main shows, a deep dive show. We are on a big Corellian freighter, how about? That's fun to imagine. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. And I'm Ken Napsuck. I'm in the drinking bar portion of the freighter <laughs> aftermarket. And we are here today to dive deep into this idea, the masks in Star Wars. We are going to pull them off. Put them on ourselves, look through them, and just have fun discussing masks in Star Wars. They are a big part of it. We do want to remind you that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash force center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. 
Joseph, what does our Four Center recommends an audiobook we think they should try out on us? Our recommendation this week is Dr. Afra. It's a brand new one. We're going to be reviewing it soon. So get it in your ears if you are excited to join us for the review. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash Center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash Center for your free audiobook, Dr. Afra. And for center, thank you. So we are going to dive in here. Ken masks. It's kind of one of those words we're hearing a lot <laughs> yeah. lately for lots of reasons, lots of reasons. Uh, but I did an episode of my podcast obsessed with my wife, Sarah, talking about masks in general. Uh, and I, I got real distracted talking about Kylo Ren for a long time. And uh, a fan of obsessed uh, wrote in and was like, well, why, why didn't you talk about Enfys Nest? And I was like, if I talked about all of my Star Wars masks, uh, this podcast would have been eight hours long. So it got me excited to discuss masks in Star Wars specifically uh, with you. Um, mm -hmm. So this first half of the discussion, we're going to talk about kind of big picture ideas of masks. And then the second half, we'll dive into the, some of the real specific important masks of Star Wars. But I just want to start with a pulling back big picture talk about masks. Ken, for you, what's your gut emotional reaction to masks, not just in Star Wars, but in all of pop culture, all of the real world? When you think of masks, what do you think? Do you think Halloween, uh, burglars, superheroes, ancient Greek theater? What do you think when you think masks? I, even though I'm not a huge superhero comic kid, more G.I. Joe on my side, I do think of superheroes. I do think of G.I. Joe, Cobra Commander, Destro. They had masks. I also grown up a wrestling fan and in and out of wrestling, uh, the masks of luchadors, a very mm. important, very... Uh, very esteemed uh, traditions and, and its own culture and then just masks in general and wrestling. I think I probably because of Star Wars, we're going to dive in, but I've always loved a good mask or a helm. I, uh, you know, one of my favorite things of the movie Willow, which I just did recently rewatch with Grace mm -hmm. is uh, the, uh, the general, what is it? The general, uh, I forgot, God, I forget his name, but, they, but, but Pat Roach plays him when they need it. And he's got the skull kind of helm and that's kind of a mask. And I just, We've always kind of liked that kind of stuff. Plus, I was a big fan of the cartoon and uh, toy line Mask Mobile Armored Strike <laughs> Command, which literally was about masks coming down and giving these characters power. So, yeah, I think it's um, definitely in terms of pop culture growing up kid in the 80s, it is, uh, it is uh, something I enjoy, something I, I kind of feel needs to be there uh, in my myths. I don't know why, but I, I, I need to feel that there. Well, that's really interesting. Uh, it makes perfect sense. Uh, I don't think I've ever talked about mask. Mask was definitely, to me, one of those things that was created in the general, you know, 80s mold of He-Man of let's create a story to tell some toys. Yes. To sell some toys. And I, I like I wrote up like before I even saw a mask, uh, like which which toys I would buy. And then just I never got around to it. I was like, I was like, I'm going to be all in. I'm going to do exactly what mask wants. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to just never did. Gas station, Boulder, secret base. Uh, yeah, I, I still have. Uh, I didn't get a ton of them, but I, I have. I still have some. And actually, as a birthday, a couple of years ago, my my friend Matt Key actually tracked down some on eBay. So uh, I'm with you there. Oh wow, wow, that's amazing. Matt Key is a good friend. Um, <laughs> that's a, such an interesting collection of masks that you talk about, and it all makes sense. Uh, but to me, what I'm hearing is a common thread between all those things, between uh, superheroes and uh, and villains on G.I. Joe and uh, wrestlers, that there's 
all of them have a sense of theatricality of like they're really it's a presentation. Uh, but there's also a sense of power right uh, be- behind all of those characters are characters with power. Is that the way you think you see masks as a symbol of power? Yeah, I abs- absolutely do. Um, doesn't necessarily mean there is always power there. Um, in fact, I, as you're talking, I was like, oh, you know what? I forgot how much I love masks at the live Schmodown events. I've worn a mask to the competition <laughs> arena, uh, to help uh, put forth an image of power. And then I compete and then I don't have that power anymore. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it is a, it is definitely on the theatrical side. But, yeah, it is it is the perceived perception of power because you don't know who i am i am not even myself beneath here i am just a creature of power so yeah that definitely tracks yeah yeah and is that the main way you think of that power or do you, as the power of anonymity or do you think of it also just as uh there are thing that you associate with characters who, who have intrinsic power like i mean in our, in our real physical world wrestlers mm-hmm. have power they're strong and skilled and and superheroes and G.I. Joe villains are powerful characters. Do you think, do you think about more that anonymity or do you think of it is like when you slip on the mask, do you feel empowered beyond the anonymity of it's just by itself? It's a, it's a symbol of power. It it becomes a a symbol as viewed by the world, but a symbol you feel um, just in terms of the performer aspect too. It transforms me even, um, not a mask, but my uh, wrestling persona, uh, Tex Tunney, that I portrayed for about five years, had a cowboy hat and sunglasses. Uh, no mask. In fact, I didn't, I didn't even have a beard because I couldn't for my job back then. And my friend Dan would always say, he goes, every time you put on that cowboy hat, you become someone else. Mm. It is just that um, a chance to project something to the world that may or may not be entirely right or true, um, but it also comes from you. So, yeah, it, all, it was all there. Yeah, wow, that's all sorts of great stuff, and we'll touch on all of that as we get into the Star Wars of it all. I mean, for me, the mask association is really strongly to superheroes and uh, wanting to be, you know, uh, Robin's little domino mask in particular was always really powerful to me, which is funny because it's such a small mask and in real life doesn't do a good job of obscuring your identity at all (laughs) if your most defining feature is your eyebrows uh, then maybe robin can do some hiding but i think for me the masks uh they definitely were present early in my life in star wars but because they're around with superheroes so much i I think for me i really struggle with them as a symbol uh, that has a lot of ambiguity to it a symbol of good intentions of I've put on this mask to protect others. I have put on this mask so that I can be the person I need to be to help others. But then there's been so much great storytelling just in superheroes and and in other places about the dangers of that, the dangers of hiding who you are, the danger of not being accountable uh, for your actions. What does that do to society? Are you, you know, in a performance way, I've certainly had, you know, a ton of masks or a thing like your cowboy hat where it's really fun to transform into somebody else. And that's great for uh, theater. But when you do that in real life, are you, are you, is that a good or bad thing to sort of relieve yourself of responsibility of being you because you are now the you that you've created with a mask? Uh, so I, I really think of masks as a symbol of power, definitely, but a symbol of almost ambiguity mm-hmm. <laughs> at this point. Yeah. Um, so going from that, let's talk about masks in Star Wars. Do you see them is primarily a positive or negative thing in Star Wars, or do you not even frame it that way? 
Um, ooh, that last one got me to a frame of that. I, I, I mean, I, I was going to say positive, uh, positive for what it can mean just in terms of design, as I'm, we're going to talk about, important, but also as a storytelling technique and all the things we, we've already discussed here and what it means to the characters and how it's just so simple. It's literally on the surface of the screen that we're watching or staring at, but it also means so much when the characters put them on or take them off and I just can't escape it. So I view it all as a positive. Uh, you know, you could look in story mode as in a negative for some of the people, but uh, I'll take it as positive. Yeah, yeah. I think I was thinking of it in story mode, but yeah, for for, mm. for entertainment mode, extremely positive. Vader's mask yeah. is so cool. The stormtroopers' masks are so cool. Uh, the mm. action figures that have masks, uh, you know, uh, looked cooler, especially back in the day uh, when that didn't really look like Harrison Ford's head. That action figure. <laughs> from back in the day so there was so much to be intrigued by and fascinated Mm -hmm. by and you know that great the exact right kind of frightened for a little kid of like that's scary but i don't know why and i'm intrigued and i want to know more so you know as as art uh, the masks in Mm -hmm. star wars hugely positive i think the thing i was reflecting by when i was putting this uh, these notes together is going through star wars as it exists chronologically in the real world you start with vader and the stormtroopers and those are the first masks and they're definitely uh negative they're definitely uh somebody is hiding something they are fearsome they are removing emotion in individuality uh but then as star wars goes on masks become such so much more of a conflicted thing especially as we get into more and more storytelling masks in Star Wars start to be this symbol of conflicted identities and sometimes a cultural thing where like, no, this is, this is the, our, our face. This is our culture's face. It's, we're not hiding anything. This is who we are. Um, so I'm kind of fascinated by that arc from starting with masks as kind of a scary thing in the late seventies when Star Wars first comes out. Right. And as the storytelling grows, we get more and more complex relationships to what masks mean in Star Wars. Mm. Yeah, well said. Yeah, starting from that iconic image. I mean, I remember it was on Time Magazine or something like that growing up, and it was just like the Vader was the face of Star Wars, which was odd to think about. Yeah. They represented. The unmoving, terrifying face uh-huh. <laughs> of uh-huh. Star Wars. So uh, what is your personal favorite Star Wars mask, either from just aesthetics, from cool looking to meaning or both? Ooh, yeah, all right. I made a list, but uh, I'll just, I just, yeah, here it goes. Uh, Boba Fett, <laughs> which is interesting because you know me, I'm not a huge, necessary, huge, huge Boba Fett fan, but uh, I love that. That's aesthetic for me there. And that rolls out into kind of the clones, definitely Mandalorians, definitely what we're seeing in the Mandalorian. Um, Bausch, Leia, mm-hmm. mask. that's a great design, great figure. As a kid, when she pulls that off, uh, I'm like, oh my God, it's, I was so fooled. I had no idea who that was. So it's a good memory. <laughs> it's just um, a cool design it's one of the best and it's so star warsy right and we always talk about that mythical it feels like star wars thing to to aspire for uh, aspire to that's a star wars mask to the corporate yeah um, the shape of it suggests something alien right oh yeah oh and the voice i again seven i was fooled i was fooled completely fooled uh the uh, next uh general grievous uh we'll talk about it more mm. but i i'm putting grievous down there um, Vader, it's hard not to put Vader, right? I, maybe it's cause I'm a, uh, I'm a Beatles fan and the New York Yankees. So I like apparently the most obvious things, but, um, <laughs> I really do legitimately love Vader's mask. I collect a ton of Vader figures. I have one in almost every line, two of them, three of them hanging in my room right now. Um, and it's just the design. It's, it's just, it's just perfection in terms of, uh, 
designing an iconic look and an iconic mask. Then I'm putting the new breed, and this just Zori Bliss, Kylo Ren, Infus Nest. This modern era has really when I when I was running down the list of masks in Star Wars, and and you would provide a list too. But I was just thinking of myself here. I was like these last five years have just given us the best collection of masks. So I'm saying the new breed, man. Yeah. Uh, great, great rundown. I would uh, agree with all of them. In some ways, Boba Fett was the coolest mask. Uh, I think the the somehow really successfully, uh, Vader was, we, we kind of knew what that was. That mask was intimidation. But like, you know, being alive back in 1980, Boba Fett was the, my, this other, like the cool guy of like, ooh, ooh who, who is he? behind there and just the that t-shaped visor all that so great um i think for me vader definitely hall of fame i can see three vaders Mm -hmm. from where i'm sitting right now in my home (laughs) uh but i absolutely love kylo ren not just the aesthetic but how deeply it uh it doubled kylo's mask doubled down on all of the different kinds of meaning masks can have in our real world and in star wars and and it it really elevates it to a point of discussion. Like the mask is a huge part of the point of who Kylo Ren is. So I think in some ways it's the juiciest mask to use our Star Wars, uh, our, our Force Center word of the month, juicy. Uh, so I love that. Uh, Enfys. Yeah. Enfys Nest mask is also uh, extremely juicy. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think such a, an incredible design, such a great step forward in terms of what, mask design can be in star wars and in terms of what masks can possibly mean we'll talk more about that and then my uh just total obscure one uh as masks go are the force priestesses in the clone wars yeah good paul good paul so this (laughs) thank you Uh, so this is um from the season six when Yoda goes on the journey to discover what Qui-Gon has uh, started to discover that one can retain their identity within the force. And they're, they're interesting to me because they're a very star Wars idea, but they're very much tapping into the idea of mask in theater of, you know, ancient Greek, but in in many other kinds of theater and many other uh, cultures as well is that, what Floney has said about the force priestesses is that he thinks it's all one character, one being, but over time or, or the way that Yoda can perceive them, they have separated out into these individual emotions. So the force priestesses have these unmoving masks of emotion, which Mm. I really play with that idea of like, is that terrifying to see a frozen emotion or is it more honest? Because that's serenity and their mask says serenity. And that's all you will ever get from yeah. the serenity priestesses or the confusion one, which is great because the confusion one really looks like an emoji <laughs> <laughs> in a very relatable state of being. I, I would like to be the confusion force priestess myself. Yeah. Generally um, me, yeah. Yeah, so I really love those because they really tap into this other other idea about masks and this other tradition of masks of this frozen emotion. Yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah, I think it's it's interesting how much both you and I divided favorite masks by aesthetic and by meaning and hmm. by like moment, like uh, bush bush bush. However, you choose to pronounce that, that's a meaningful moment not only in the film because it's a it's a revelation, yeah. and it's also for me it was a meaningful moment as a kid when like what they've developed the technology that you can take the mask off and it's <laughs> Leia under there. Holy yeah. crap. Like I remember the day I found that action figure and, and oh, yeah. the thrill of it. Uh, it's yeah. Amazing. Uh, 
any other uh, thoughts on favorite masks before we dive into all of their many meanings in Star Wars? I know. Let's dive in because we we could talk about uh, our favorites for a while. (laughs) And and we will. We will. So I tried to break up uh, a lot of the different meanings that masks can have in Star Wars. And I think there's a lots of of overlap where uh, certain characters will pop up uh, more than once because I think their masks have... um, more than one meaning, but I tried to get uh, a lot of the ideas so we can see how we feel about the ideas and how they reflect in Star Wars. So uh, the first one I'll go with is losing your individuality. Mm-hmm. That a mask that can be something that not only takes away your emotions or uh, your uh, kind of hides your identity, but in fact removes your identity because you are wearing identical masks to everyone around you. And of course, one of the huge uh, images of that in Star Wars is stormtroopers and uh, you know, biker scouts for you, Ken. Now, mm-hmm. All the different troopers, uh, <laughs> the shore troopers, all of them. Uh, there's a lot of imagery that deals with that with the clone troopers uh, initially. At the end of Attack the Clones, that's very much the horror and the sadness that our heroes are are, are experiencing as we see this endless line of, yeah. uh, of masks. Uh, that have no individuality yet with the clone troopers. Uh, the Jedi Temple Guard. I thought it was interesting that there's a light side version of this, of uh, of characters. Their only identity is in their similarity to one another with the unifying mask. So how do you feel about that idea in Star Wars? Is it an important one to you? Does it resonate? Uh, it absolutely does. I think it's important because it can be viewed, depending on not just your point of view, but maybe what someone's trying to sell to you, uh, a losing your individuality, a dangerous thing, or perhaps the Jedi Temple Guard. And there's been some fascinating little little moments with the Jedi Temple Guard, including the Grand Inquisitor, about how this can maybe be, uh, you know, it could cause some harm. But this idea, yeah, you are losing your individuality, but are you doing it to give up yourself to be part of a greater cause, right? It's, a, it's an honor to sit there uh, as a Jedi Temple Guard to, to guard this knowledge, to guard the order. You don't get to really go in and experience it, but you're there, part of it. And what can that do to you? So I like playing with that because at some point, the clone trooper is a little bit different. They have to uh, discover themselves underneath those masks, which is part of the great thrill of, of following uh, along in the Clone Wars cartoon. But um, looking at stormtroopers, if you're joining up, right, uh, you're in an Imperial Academy and you're, and you're sticking with the plan, do you can you get twisted into believing much like the Jedi Temple Guard? I'm yep, I'm giving myself up for the greater good, for the greater cause, um, and 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 twisted around to that uh, level. So just on that level alone, it's not just a cool toy. It, it means a, a lot of different things, potentially a lot of different things. Yeah, yeah, I think everything you're saying is great. There is this great tension that you could view it as an absolutely wonderful thing of uh, of seeing yourself as an individual who is a part of a whole. Uh, but there is so much imagery in, in Star Wars that, that leads me to think that this idea that there's a a fine line between wearing, uh, something that expresses unity with other people or unity with an idea, but that idea can only be taken so far. And the point in Star Wars, the way I read the films, the point where you cross the line is where there's nothing to mark you as different from the person next to you. Right. And and I think that's what I really love about the story of the the clone troopers, that it's a horror at the end of Attack of the Clones, mm-hmm. that there's this endless faceless that by having all the same face, you're faceless. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the mask is both giving identity because it's terrifying. It's meant to kind of, you know, impose fear and it's removing identity because who who are you uh, 
if you're just, you know, this white emotionless mask and no different than the person next to you. Um, but then that that story moves on to the Cohen troopers going, no, we're individuals and we're going to let it show. And we're going to find this balance between that uniformity of honoring that we're part of a whole, but we still need to be individuals in order to do our best job contributing to the whole. Yeah, no, it can, it can be twisted around too. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's what I, that's what I'd be fascinated to, to study a, a stormtrooper falling for, not falling for, but just, uh, you know, getting twisted by it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so we're going to move on to another big idea, and that is just simply hiding your identity, sort of being in disguise almost the way a, a superhero is. Uh, Leia is, uh, is Bush, uh, Bush, 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 uh, for sure. That's totally just hiding your identity. Um, I would include Vader in that, at least uh, right at the beginning, because I think yeah. even with the the horrible burns and the uh, missing eyebrows, I think if he was just walking around, if he were able to survive and walk around, uh, you know, totally with his burnt Anakin face, plenty of people would be like, hey, aren't you <laughs> that Jedi Knight Anakin after a really bad day? Aren't, isn't that just who you are? So I think yeah. there is with Vader an element of uh, obscuring your identity. Uh, and then we've got like every rebel who's ever pretended to be a stormtrooper or an Imperial <laughs> of any kind. We've seen a lot of mask use of just like, surprise, it's me. You didn't know. Right. How do you feel about uh, about that, about that almost element of superhero mask wearing to just disguise your identity in Star Wars of kind of masks as a deception? Yeah, I think it's key to survival in some cases. It's key to, well, I guess not for Vader, but um, I don't know. It, it, people react a certain way to Batman, right? They, they they don't react to Bruce Wayne the same way, so he needs to put on that mask. But Bruce Wayne's the real mask, oh, oh, says every article, every think piece ever. Um, <laughs> and it's true. And it's true. Um, so... You know what I mean? So it's like going back to our initial conversation, uh, the top of the thing about power and the perception of power. So to hide to hide your identity, to then put have people react to who they think you are is very important in Star Wars, not just for hiding and sneaking around, but for maybe uh, maybe getting things done. I, I, we're going to talk about it some more, but there's 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 some tradition and culture in what Infus Nest has going into her mask, but she uses it also. Um, to kind of project what uh, she wants people maybe to react to. So, uh, and then, and, and then the, the reveal happens and all that stuff. So we'll talk about that a bit, but yeah. So I think, I think it's, it's, it's definitely an underrated part of the mass discussion. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a, an interesting part of it to me where the, you know, especially once you get to the uh, general rebellion uh, era. And if, uh, if the empire just had masks like uh, DNA coded <laughs> mm-hmm. to the individual stormtrooper, then no uh, rebel plan would ever work ever. Um, but there's, there's this interesting element there to me of this attempt by the empire to kind of have this power of we've, taken away your individuality that that can be subverted to be used against them of characters who are pulsing with individuality mm-hmm. uh non-joiners like han solo can use this as a way to infiltrate uh the empire so it kind of subverts this attempt to have power and actually causes the empire to repeatedly lose power right uh we'll move on to the idea of dividing your identity um I think this is really important with Anakin and Vader. It gets super important uh, with Kylo and Ben Solo. This idea that if I put the mask on, boom, that's it. 
I, I feel like I'm a different person, but the mask is what literally locks it into place. How do you feel about about this idea of it, uh, the mask, as um, dividing your identity? This one might be the more in- intriguing one of all the options here because of of what it means to our characters. Again, we t- keep talking about the perception issue. Um, and and um, Kylo, you know, unlike Vader, he can take his on and off, and it's not less about survival. So it is, it is kind of it is an example of, of uh, him maybe award, award himself too. But I, I just love, I love all the looks of Kylo, what it means and what, what part, uh, you know, when he has the mask on in the story, when he has it off and, and how they react to that and how they value it. Clearly he values the mask. He needs it. We've talked about in the past of pretty much any, anyone who told him to take it off, he killed. Right. So uh, <laughs> he went on to what that means for him and what his, what he thinks his identity is. Uh, Vader, it's a, it's a survival one too, but it is, uh, you know, if he had, if he had, uh, if he had the choice to not wear a mask, I think he's still going to choose to be a mask, a mask wearer. Right. Yeah, because I, I think he has invested some of his identity. I think it, it helps him to, you know, believe that Anakin is dead, to have to wear that mask. And then, you know, Kylo, so much of that story in Force Awakens is, wow, you really don't need the mask at all. You're just choosing to make that your identity. Um, right. Like how, <laughs> your character was uh, Tex Tunney? Tex Tunney. Named, Tex yeah. Tunney. Named after a famed uh, Toronto wrestling promoter, Jack Tunney. Okay, what was your character like? Uh, he was a uh, he was the last scion of the great Southern promoters, Joseph. He was an old school wrestling uh, evil mastermind. Oh, so he's, he was evil. He was evil. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, did, it did turn good towards the end. Uh, you always should, you know. Okay, there was there was some redemption. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You, yeah, so you, you turn to a, a face, uh, which is interesting uh, yeah. uh, lingo when we're talking about masks. Yes, right. Yeah. But that's just, I, I, it, it, in some ways it is like, yep, it's a big part of the clear, uh, n- not even metaphorical, right there on the surface storytelling of right. Anakin, uh, Vader, Kylo Ben being divided by that mask. But when I think about it in a different context, when I thought, when I think like, what if you someday just decided you wanted to be Tex and mm-hmm. Ken was a bit of a lie and you put on that cowboy hat and you wore those masks and you, yeah. uh, and you wore those sunglasses and you just kind of use that to just be text now like yeah just that is yeah yeah you, and just always be in character and just like mm-hmm. and you needed and if you lost that you would lose that belief in yourself that your text and ken would come out again <laughs> it would come out and it's true and it's true put yeah. that put that head on and you walk through the curtain you are someone else and it's who you need to believe you are as a performer and something so live and interactive and upfront. So uh, I, I can see where uh, where it's very valuable for Ben Solo. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, and I think uh, Vader as well. So mm-hmm. uh, Vader and uh, Kylo will will keep coming up under these different uh, thematic ideas. This one we've already touched on a little bit, but it's kind of one of the biggest categories uh, when I thought of people who it really represented is. Uh, we've discussed uh, masks, losing your individuality, uh, hiding your identity, dividing your identity. But now I want to talk about masks as projecting your identity of saying, I'm not hiding anything. Mm. My mask, the thing you see, that's my truth. That's who I am. That's who you're dealing with. Uh, under this, I would put clone troopers with markings who have uh, you know, made the choice of like, you know, I'm, I'm a clone trooper, but here, here's who I am individually. 
uh, Kylo. He's absolutely projecting. That's who he wants to be seen as. Um, I think the Knights of Ren really feel like they are wearing those individualized scary masks uh, to say, this is who I am. I'm Vicryl, and I have a vibroscythe. <laughs> and my mask says that too. Uh, the Force Priestesses. Mm-hmm. That's projecting their reality. Uh, I think arguably uh, the Mando from Mandalorian, Din Djarin, is mm-hmm. expressing a truth. Uh, Sabine, uh, her her armor is it, it doesn't feel like it's hiding anything. It feels like this is the the face of Sabine. Uh, I think maybe Boba Fett and Jango Fett you could make an argument for all that. How do you feel about, you've touched on it a little bit, how do you feel about this idea about a mask being not even in necessarily a negative or a positive way, but a true projection of who you are? It works really well in all these examples, but uh, the Mandalorian, Din Djarin, definitely, it's maybe perhaps because it's one of the more recent ones, and there was so much discussion about the mask, right? Even off-camera stuff about who's underneath it and why it's important. But in the end of the, in the, end of the day, the show used it so well, you get so much out of the mask, uh, and uh, not just in terms of performance, but in terms of story of just, nope, nope, uh, this, is, this is it. Uh, this is who I am, and I want the world to see uh, the the armor uh, talking about. You know, when he when he really gets uh, gets the upgrade on his on his Mando armor, and, and she's basically saying like, "You're going to walk in, and every head's going to turn, every eye is on you, and they're going to know who you are." Part of him reclaiming that identity and, and projecting it to the world. It's very important. It's a great example of it. Yeah, I I think what's interesting to me about this is. There, there are all there are many examples of projecting your identity, but then there's different facets of that. Um, we'll talk about Kylo, but there's a lot that's it's him really trying. He he feels the pull to the light, and the mask is his way to say, "No, I'm not Ben Solo. I'm not this weak person. Look at here's this mask I choose to wear. Um, mm-hmm. Everything we know of the Knights of Ren makes me uh, feel like uh, there's a lot going of that going on. Of like we wear this mask because we believe in the dark side, and we want to intimidate you, and we want to say we believe we are. Uh, you know, more powerful than you. Force priestesses. It just really seems like that's that's their face. I, uh, I'm yeah. I'm the confusion priestess, and so I've got a confusion emoji for my face. Um, the clones feel like extremely healthy to me. Of like what we we're talking about earlier. Of like we we are clones. We are part of a whole. Uh, you know, I always want to show that I am. Uh, I am standing shoulder to shoulder with my brother, but I'm also me. So I'm going to make that individual. Um, but a lot of these are just really, sometimes they're positive, sometimes they're trying to impose fear, but a lot of times they are just projecting power, which was why I'm really glad that you kind of brought up all of your your symbols of mass that made sense to you as a kid. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that idea that a, a mass can project your identity and maybe it's in a really healthy, honest way, maybe it's in a you know trying to be fearful way, but it's all about power that projecting your identity through a mask is a way to really project your identity with uh with power what do i feel i i feel in terms of star wars story it, it, i don't know I, I, we'll hold off on uh, emphasis stuff but where sometimes it's a necessity for the, the this world that you're in and you're going to be treated a, a certain way if you don't have this perceived power so that can be twisted that can be done wrong that can be you know not defending kylo here but I, I, that's why I love it so much in Star Wars more than any of the other ones, and and, and continue to love, it, which is why I love this new era. It's just like, um, maybe I do know who I am, but who I am uh, is only going to get me so far in this galaxy. So I need to be 
this. I need to be, uh, you know, that's why a lot of bounty hunters have masks, I think, uh, or at least we want them to have masks. Uh, so it, it is, it's, it's, it's almost about a base level getting the job done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like that. I think, uh, it's certainly like in Fernando, I love that tension of that scene of like, everybody's going to turn and look at you with your shiny new armor. And, you know, one of my favorite, uh, lines in, uh, season one of Mando is, uh, is grief Gargas saying they all hate you. Mando. <laughs> <laughs> they all hate you, Mando. Yeah. And there's definitely like, I need to project power to survive or, you know, I literally need this armor to survive, which we'll talk about or mass to survive. But there's something to me in, in that's fascinating about this divide of sometimes projecting your identity is, is just this great symbol of confidence of like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to allow there to be any ambiguity of who I am. My mask, my face tells you exactly who I am. But then in real world terms, there's also like the, does that close you off from allowing yourself to be seen in a multitude of lights, allowing yourself to be interpreted? You know, Mm. it's almost like walking into a room with like uh, a t-shirt that has your name and your interests. And you're like, you walk in and like, no question, this is who I am. There's, there's no room for anybody to discover. I am telling you the second I walk into a room, this is who I am. And I will not (laughs) indulge any (laughs) doubt or discussion about it. This is who I am. Uh, we do see that in the real world or a lot of different ways. Um, yeah, sorry. I distracted myself, but yes, yes. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's a dangerous tool, which is why I think it's, it leads to one of my favorite moments we'll talk about, about when the mask comes off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, would you, would you like that as a human? Would you like that for yourself? If you didn't have to go through the process that we all have to as humans sometimes of trying to communicate mm-hmm. who you are through your actions or through conversations or through individual interactions and in accepting that people are going to see you in all of these different lights. Do you, would you like a, a mask that would help you get rid of that and just say, who, here's who I am, period. Uh, maybe, but the potential to put that mask that you're wearing for other people to put that mask in a box is too high. There was a probably a point, probably when I had a bad stand-up joke about it. Hey, Hey, what if we just all had business cards that said, uh, here's how we date. Yeah, you know, hey, I like, <laughs> like that day. Um, but it's I even just even just saying, oh, yeah, I like Star Wars leads uh, people to put me in a path on a path. That <laughs> sometimes I want to be like, well, not like that. Yeah. Or not that. Uh, so it can be dangerous. I think that as I've gotten older, but as far as sometimes. I don't know. We 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 do project that stuff, uh, you know, absolutely. Um, on, on a, on a day-to-day basis. Um, so I could see the comfort in it. Um, but I, 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 you know, you want to be able to go outside that mask when you, when you want to, and you want people to let you go outside. Yeah. Yeah. That's fascinating. Cause you're right. I think we do utterly project like you often wear your uh, great uh, black baseball cap with the Imperial logo. And it's like, yeah. if people see that and know that that's, they that's a way for you to project that you're interested in star wars but that's a baseball cap now if you had a full face mask <laughs> that was just black with the imperial logo that would be a slightly different statement right uh i don't think well now i'd be allowed to be in the coffee shop but i think under normal circumstances they'd ask me to leave the coffee shop yeah absolutely not yeah. i'll make a list of which star wars characters we think are yeah. would be allowed in the coffee shops and, and look that's you just made a great example here um in general, yeah, I've, I've been wearing that for about five years. I've, I've gotten different hats, folks. I order new ones when they get dirty. Um, I'm due for one. 
Uh, yeah, it is right. It is a calling card. Oh, hey, I like your hat. I get that. Oh, I like your hat. Um, and especially now I used to have one on the back that said Death Star Engineering. I don't have the one I have now doesn't have that. So that was even more you're in the club. But then if you do know, then that puts me in a weird spot of, oh, so you like the Empire. Well, well I mean, yeah, but I like Star Wars. And, I, and, I don't, and, and most rebel hats are orange and I don't wear orange hats. You know, <laughs> like I've, I've looked for the rebel insignia in black and white, which is generally the hats I wear and uh, can't find them. So I apologize. You know, so you, there, there you go. Yeah, uh, it, it can take you down a, a different. It's easy. It's a shortcut, but it also leads to some confusion. Yeah, it opens some doors for uh, conversation and confusion. Uh, we'll move on to our next uh, thematic idea of masks in Star Wars, and that is to honor your culture or family or tradition. Uh, we certainly see that with the Mandalorians. Uh, I think that's one of the things that makes Enfys Nest really, really fascinating. Uh, General Grievous, that mask is a traditional Kalish warrior mask, right? Uh, mm -hmm. The Queens of Naboo don't have uh, full uh, face masks, but the makeup acts as a mask in that uh, recent uh, Queen's Peril book that we both enjoyed so much really spent a lot of time on that idea of that's the mask of the queen. That's that's a true identity, but it's it's only a part of who Padme is. Uh, and Padme has her true face, and then she has the face of the queen, which is a part of who she truly is, but it's still about culture and tradition. Uh, how do you feel about this one? This one's uh, this one's great. Um, I mean, they're all great, right? Uh, no, but this one's fat. Some of the fascinating stuff. Of of again going to Emphist, I'm teasing this big Emphist conversation. We'll have it in a bit here, but even look at the Queen the Naboo one and what it means. We talk about uh, we get a little more insight into what it meant uh, thanks to E.K. Johnston's books. Of uh, it was a giving up of yourself, giving up even of your voice, your name, so that you're constantly reminded that it's not about you. You are serving the people of Naboo, and that's pretty interesting and fascinating. But also, she has to. Discover Padme has to keep uh, discovering herself as she grows up. I mean, it's an, it, it leads you down an interesting thing, and I want to know where that began. the The Mandalorian one is interesting because also which one of them, uh, which one of them's, uh, which one of the Mandos believe uh, take the mask off or don't take it off? Right, <laughs> we're seeing some conflict. Yeah, what that might mean. The General Grievous one I mentioned. I love the Grievous one. I am morbidly fascinated with Grievous's either decision to do this because again canon versus legends the story's a little bit different and both of them fascinate me uh legends it's a little more not his choice right uh the big crash or whatever it was to keep him alive and I, i'm fuzzy on the details i apologize apologize folks the canon version which is fleshed out enough for us to have the conversation but i'd love even more general grievous stuff this decision to become cybernetically enhanced to give up literally himself except for his organs that he values very much as obi-wan <laughs> I am fascinated by his face. I, I occasionally sometimes will go in that wormhole of just looking up uh, Grievous before uh, as a Kalish warrior, uh, who he was, what he looked like, concept art. I talked about, I think on our Star Wars ranked uh, during that time, there was the figure one that uh, you could get the figure of him as a Kalish warrior. And I, I'm just fascinated by um, how he completely, totally changes who he is on every level. But still needs to represent who he was with that mask. It's a, it's yeah. a dichotomy. Yeah. I think what, uh, great stuff on Grievous, and I'm all for more Grievous storytelling, but the mask is, yeah, he goes through this massive transformation, but not really the mask. That was kind of, that was his identity before, as far as we know, of that being a traditional Kalish warrior mask, and he was a Kalish warrior. I think there's a lot of great stuff 
that I like in this thematic idea of honoring your culture and your family and your tradition is because these don't these don't feel like masks that are an attempt to hide a truth but focus on a part of your truth mm-hmm. um and they feel to me very much about this idea of masks as a division between your public and private self or even the extrovert introvert uh side of you that you know the mandalorians that we see in a lot of clone wars are like they have so much identity in the mask even down to like the Maldalorians or sabine's artwork right um but then there, there's also a more private self that comes out as well. It's certainly what's going on uh, with the queens. Enfys uh, Nest, that's what she is choosing to project to get the job done. It's its a part of her tradition, but she is wearing that mask for a very specific, very public-facing reason. And then with Grievous, what you're saying, what I kind of like is he doesn't have a private self. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he must, but like for the Star Wars storytelling we have, like, I was a warrior uh, and then some real bad stuff, maybe good stuff happened. I became this different kind of warrior with arms, but I'm, this is my face. I am a warrior always. Yeah, that's it. This is who I am. Mm. Good stuff. Uh, We're going to move on to uh, our last, uh, two last uh, ideas of what masks can mean in Star Wars. This one is just not as deep, but maybe it is pure survival there are a lot of star wars masks that are just like uh what they mean is i can't breathe this atmosphere uh you got plo Koon, you got uh quay tolsite on kessel uh wat tambor uh vader is just pure survival is an element of his mask uh tuscan raiders uh is an el- that's an element of uh of their masks uh, according to canon how do you feel about the characters who have maybe a lot of meaning or conflict in their identity or projection of identity in their masks versus Plo Koon just being like, I have to wear this to be here. It's, it's interesting in story because you need this. So does it change who you are? Do you try to uh, come out beyond uh, that mask and form your own identity or, or know your identity and have to remind people? Are there, are those those kind of conversations? Cause Plo Koon is, great design and he's uh you know he's it's intimidating right it doesn't he he looks on a quick glance you're like oh evil that's one of the bad guys in star wars if you just look at it concept art and so does he have to deal with that with preconceived notions and prejudices against him uh i love the the, the trials of plo Koon. uh we know what it does for vader but then there's uh what tambor who would like to i definitely considers himself a power player right but yeah that, that mask that get up does it does it and does it just people just kind of inherently view him as a little weaker, you know? Oh, you think you're powerful, but you need, if I rip that off, you're you're dying. Does he have to overcompensate? What does it do to him? Uh, the survival, and it's also just um, I love just outside the story as a, as a kid growing up or or young adult watching Star Wars and getting into it more and more. And uh, oh, that's a cool mask. And then you find out the story is well, they need it to survive. That's kind of an extra double like. Oh, that's pretty cool. Like you need, you know. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It gives you that sense of adventure and uh, of being otherworldly of like, oh wow, what what uh, exploration that Plo Koon needs to be here, but he can't breathe the atmosphere on most uh, planets. It's like yeah, it's cool science fiction fantasy adventure. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I really like what you're saying about this idea that uh, for Vader, he needs it to survive, but I think Vader also, he wants to intimidate people. He he wants to believe that is his 
true face. That's mm. that's the face of Vader. Anakin is dead, and his mask is you know his true face uh, is the way I interpret uh, a lot of the Vader storytelling. But then Plo Koon, like I I do, I feel bad that is he not being seen the way he wants to be seen like maybe he smiles just as much as kit fisto and the whole galaxy is just like that kit fisto he's always smiling and blokun is like so am i well you know look you, you bring up something that we're all dealing with in the real world you know i don't go out a lot but a couple places that i go right now a uh, hardware store coffee shop my mailbox center the three and i'm always in a mask the amount of times that I would uh, I give a smile to someone because I'm stepping aside and opening up a door or just giving them a friendly hello and realizing that they're having to read my eyes now and I have to make an effort to tell the story of my eyes, not my face. Uh, so Plo could imagine him just go, no, I'm happy today. <laughs> fun that I, never, I didn't think now, now that we've experienced it a little bit. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, I mean, and, and it, we are going through all sorts of stuff like this in the real world. And, and it can be hard to put a smile in your eyes without looking like y- there's just something going on that's not right with your eyes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you really try hard to put a smile in your eyes. And yeah, I don't know about you, but for me, in, in terms of some of these ideas about projecting identity, um, I've mentioned a couple of times on Force Center, my wife made me this uh, great uh, mask of uh, with this material that she has of uh, stylized Vader, very much uh, Dia de los Mertos. Uh, style day of the dead vader and i loved it because it made me feel like i was playing dress up like i was mm-hmm. a kid like i had a cool mask like robin did very different uh, and like it was wearing a mask the way superheroes wear it to you know help protect others um but then i got to the point of like sometimes i just i need to just do a quick run somewhere and i i don't want to engage i don't want to project the identity that i like star wars and my <laughs> wife made me a plain black mask which is like my <laughs> i'm just hiding I'm just, I don't, I'm just a guy. Don't, you don't need to engage with me. Please don't, please don't. Yeah, I, I got, yeah, you need those options, kids. Yeah, my, my public self with Vader on it, my private self, plain black. Uh, the last kind of thematic idea uh, I wanted to touch on, because I think it's a big part in Star Wars, is we have so many actual, literal, physical masks, but I think uh, the idea of masks as a metaphor is at play with a lot of characters who have masks, but also characters who physically don't. Uh, the idea that Palpatine is a mask for Sidious comes up, I think literally in some books with uh, Palpatine. You can take that even farther. Is the idea of being a scoundrel and outlaw, is that a mask that Han wears to hide his kindness and his vulnerability? Um, The poor droids uh, have, many of the droids have unmoving faces. Is is 3PO's face a form of mask? We even get a you know, great joke in Last Jedi off of that, where Leia tells him to, you know, wipe that nervous expression off his face. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's a great joke, but it's also like, what does that do to, you know, droids who who can't emote as much? Is that uh, part of the reason that some people don't see them as yeah. valuable, you know? Mm-hmm. So how do you feel about that overall idea of non-literal metaphorical masks? I love I love it because it gets into these titles and who we think we are, and and sometimes those masks might have been something you were pretty comfortable with, but the mask of hero becomes very uncomfortable to Luke. He rips that off. He doesn't want to put that back on because mm. he knows mm. what it means. So boom, I'm there for that too. Absolutely. That example was both well said and juicy. That was a it's <laughs> a great one. It's true. That's what I got to thinking bingo. about that. <laughs> yeah, four center bingo. Um, I think there's something I like about this 
idea because it means a lot of different things. Palpatine is a mask that Sidious chooses to wear to, you know, manipulate the galaxy. Han is, you know, kind of kind of lying to himself a little bit. Uh, the, the droids don't have a lot of choice. But all of them sort of tap into, I think, the part of masks that can be scary because they're that idea that we don't know the truth of what is going on behind a mask. Uh, and that's really easy to understand when it's literal. And when you imagine like, hey, in the real world, if you run into somebody wearing a Richard Nixon mask, that's kind of scary because you don't know who that person is. You don't know if they're smiling with their eyes or if they're about to kill you. It's scary. And why um, are they in this bank? And why are they in this bank? That Nixon masks in a bank never, never turns out well. Yeah. Uh, but I think what's great about that is it's a symbol of something that happens even when we're not literally wearing a mask is when somebody yeah. is smiling at you and saying, wonderful kind things we have that fear of what if that's not the truth and you know a lot of people even talk about that socially of like well that person just said it was great to see me and they had a great time and they'd love to get a drink again but sometimes we still walk away going but was that a mask did they mean that or did i annoy them and they don't want to hang out with me again you know so it goes from everything i think to like deep fear to just kind of common social fear yeah. of this idea of is what we're seeing on the surface the truth because there could always be something else under there. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. You're tapping into some, uh, experiences and anxieties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I did not mean to, to no, tap your anxiety. I love learning about myself through force center and star Wars. It is now this is, this is, this is the deeper one. This is, uh, this is, uh, you know, who, who we think we are, who we want to be. It's all, it's all the physical masks. Cause that's, that's, that's what it is. Especially like think of Vader, right? Think of Vader. Uh, which we're going to be talking about more, uh, of course, but like, yeah. 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 And that's, that's the beauty of star Wars that uh, George Lucas and all these other great creators have uh, told these stories for 12 year olds and then 12 year olds and all of us. And they can be as complex as what does Vader's mask tell you about your own social anxiety? <laughs> <laughs> and we can learn from it. Uh, and we're going to learn a little bit more on the other side. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll dive into some specific masks and mask moments that we think are important in Star Wars. Uh, put on a mask, take on a mask, do whatever you want with a mask and join us back here in a moment. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, Four Center friends, make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Four Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com. That's J E N I L A N D A.com for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at Jennifer Landa and on TikTok as Jennifer Landa1138. Hey, Four Center fans, don't forget, Four Center is on YouTube. Head over there to catch up with our new show, Star Wars Show and Tell. Joseph, Jennifer, Ken, and special guests sit down and share favorite items from their own Star Wars memorabilia collections. Plus, there's the In Memoriam video series, encore presentations of Databank Brawl, and special programming all there for you, and more shows on the way. It's Four Center on YouTube. Check it out. For more masks in Star Wars discussion, we talked about some of the different ideas, many different ideas, sometimes overlapping of what masks can mean in Star Wars. Now we're going to dive into some specific characters, and we're going to start with one of the most important masks in Star Wars, I would say, and that is Darth Vader. Ken, is this the mask of Star Wars, or is that a, a biased perspective, given that you and I grew up with Vader? Uh, that's a fair point. I'm going to go ahead and still say it's the mask of Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> because it's still very powerful. 
And when he shows up in Rogue One, we have opinions about the mask, good or bad. Uh, opinions about what we want to see of the mask. Uh, Rebels, uh, one of my favorite moments with the Vader mask is in that one. Uh, so, yeah, I'm still saying Vader, number one. Yeah, I think maybe someday it could change, uh, you know, if after centuries of Star Wars. <laughs> maybe, maybe you know, uh, just decades, but it's already been decades. I think partially it is the a symbol of Star Wars because it's uh, one of the iconic images from the very beginning of Star Wars. And so it has such a resonance and meaning to the character. It has resonance and meaning to characters inside the galaxy of Star Wars. And it also just has so much meaning outside of Star Wars. Just the silhouette of it, culturally, in the real world, people know what that silhouette means on some level. So it just feels like that's what makes it feel like, to me, like the mask of Star Wars is it's the first, it's important in the galaxy, it's important outside of the galaxy. Yeah, uh, a story I had, I don't, I don't know if I've ever told the story, and the details are kind of fuzzy. Uh, I, I, I grew up in the church, Christian church and everything, I'm, uh, and, and happy for it, not here to point any fingers at there. But one there was one time I remember, mid-80s, I'm a Star Wars kid in church, and we're, I'm, in, I'm in the big church, not not like the Bible school. I'm, in, I'm with my parents, right? It's one of like a Wednesday night, sitting there in the Bible study, and the pastor's up there, and he's talking about evil or the people's... Uh, I don't know, maybe a love of evil, whatever it was. I don't remember. I'm like nine or 10. He says, you know, people, we, we find it in the real world. People, people love to root for the villains. I'm paraphrasing. And an image of a silhouetted image of Vader's helmet comes up, uh, which was probably being used to say like, see, even that, even that star Wars thing you like, you think that's innocent. No, it's, 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 it's showing this evil character. And, and, I'm I'm like there and I'm just like, hey, Darth Vader. <laughs> that's so cool. You know, I guess missing some points. But anyways, but that's to me, that's exactly what you're saying. That's why it's still Star Wars that even now, even our own characters, Kylo Ren is still looking to that mask and what it means and the legacy of it. And that's why I, I still think it's powerful. Oh yeah, man. That what a great story. And uh for for my time uh in the church, I would have been thrilled to see an image of Vader. <laughs> yeah. It was just like a snap too. Oh yeah. Oh, we're talking about things I love. Oh, okay. Yeah. Did I ever tell you that uh, I, I used to imagine uh, during uh, Sunday service, uh, Luke Skywalker jumping around because there were cool beams and I was thinking like, what kind of force flip would he do to get from that beam to that beam? Uh, Joseph is just looking to the skies, looking to heavens, trying to find God. <laughs> yeah, he'll, he'll live there. He could live there. He could live there. He could swing there. It'd be so cool. Uh, anyway, back to Vader. Yeah. To you, uh, it sounds like uh, your pastor had an opinion. I bet everybody does. <laughs> what is the ultimate meaning of Vader's mask? Well, uh, we, we talked about a lot of things it could mean, but for you, what is it ultimately? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, you know, my, I think my pastor would be happy to hear me say that I view the ultimate meaning of Vader's mask, that it is a, it is a prison uh, of, uh, you know, of where your choices can lead you and where you could be locked into and how you can't get out of it. And even though you might occasionally take it off to get some fresh air and get some back to, uh, you're in it and you're stuck into it. And then do you want to get out of it, which leads to to some one of my favorite moments. Um, but yeah, that's what I think. I, I, I do believe it is Anakin's prison. Yeah, wow. You, uh, if they ever do a Star Wars Family Feud, I think uh, you and I could be a good team because I, I literally made my note of a cage. Uh, there you go. I, it, a cage, a prison. Uh, you know, it 
it can mean so many things. It is what Vader's trying to project. It it, it has history to it, right? Because that wasn't like Palpatine just made up that mask. There's design elements of it that have a history of the Sith. There's, I'm sure, meanings to why that armor was, you know, ready to go. Um, mm. All sorts of uh, uh, ideas of this is the it's meant to cause fear it's the face that this being is choosing right now and saying this is my true face there is no anakin this is who i am all sorts of things he needs it to survive but ultimately after all this time you know it's there's this great bookend to that mask in vader anakin's life of that first time it comes on and i think it's one of hayden christensen's best acting moments i think it's one of the best sequences in in all the prequels but that look on his face as the mask comes down lets you know the first time it came on it felt like a prison it didn't feel like somebody making a choice that they were happy with it felt like it looks like something awful that is happening to him yeah it's one of uh, lucas's finest moments uh it is because that's built up, right? We we probably spent a lifetime, whether we actively thought about it or not, as Star Wars fans, like, what about the first time? How to get in this mask? And it just is just, it delivers on so many levels. And it has all those meanings. You're right. Every every flex uh, of the of the face, facial muscles, every every eye widening, everything. And that shot of, of the prison coming down on him, what he'll see forever for the rest of his life. Again, I know he takes it off. We, we, we know that from empire strikes back. We, we get that, but it's never really off. Um, it's such a powerful moment. Yeah. So good. good. Yeah. And point of view shots are fairly rare for star Wars. So it's pretty Mm -hmm. powerful that that is one of those, like this is how it would feel is all light around you closes. Mm -hmm. And it's just this mask that you are seeing the world through. Uh, you know, yeah. powerful. Uh, you already alluded that you've got some favorite moments with the Vader mask. Uh, what are some of your favorite Vader mask moments? Well, that that one is the number one. Uh, absolutely. Just the shot, the way it looks, the sound, the pause, everything goes quiet. And then the breath comes in. That it, long it, whine of the little servos. Yeah. So good. And one of those moments that even back in 2005, if you might have been like, ah, oh, man, I didn't really like these three movies. But that was pretty cool. It is one of those moments uh, that delivers. Uh, and even if you, you know, even if the no, uh, you you just despised it a few minutes later, got it, understand, that moment still stands. It, it, it was absolutely George just going, here is a big theme moment on this platter. Please enjoy and learn from it. Um, that's there. Um, I I, uh, I do like the, the, the no, I am your father sequence. There's some great, you get so much out of that mask, the way it it, it was shot. Uh, what Peter Shashetti, Shashetsky, Shashetsky, I'm not studying for trivia right now. Um, shot that movie is so just different than a lot of other Star Wars films. Definitely different than New Hope. And you get so much emotion out of it. And, and yeah, you know, shout out to David Prowse. You know, he's wheeling and dealing in that mask, silently developed, uh, uh, um, delivering the dialogue that, that he was given. Um, it, it, all, it all works for me. And I just love watching that sequence and some of the shots of him coming out of the smoke or whatever, some of the iconic moments. And then the final one, uh, uh, real quick, the Star Wars Rebels, when uh, Ahsoka uh, cracks his mask in the fight at the end of season two and, and you see his eyes and you hear Matt Lanter, you hear Anakin for a second. And there is that's where the, pr- hey, the prison door might be open. Oh, you want to stay in there. Yeah. 
Uh, that's so great. That That's definitely on my list because it is exactly what you're talking about of uh, there's these bookends of moments uh, when the mask first goes on, when the mask come up, comes off in Return of the Jedi that tells so much. But this is like the mask moment in the middle that also tells us so much of like, yeah, it, he's projecting himself into this mask. And even if he takes the mask off, he, he has become the mask. He is Vader. That eye is glowing yellow, even though it sounds like. Uh, you know, honorable Jedi Knight and Ahsoka's uh, old master, old friend, Anakin Skywalker. It's not Anakin. It's Vader. That's so great. Um, yeah, and I think there are a ton of great acting moments. I mean, honestly, I think the the deciding whether or not to save Luke, the looking back and forth between Palpatine and Luke could have been silly, right? Of just like this big motionless oh, yeah. mass swinging back and forth. But it works. It really <laughs> works. It does. It absolutely does. Uh, but I think for me, the other big moment, other favorite uh, Vader mask moment is taking it off to see Luke. Um, and I can't remember. I don't know if it's in the novelization. It might be in the storybook uh, of Return of the Jedi. But it's prose that has stuck with me my entire life of Luke taking the mask off and seeing a surprisingly kind face underneath. And that's you know, it, it's, it yeah. always resonates with me because that's what that moment is about of like, just let me look on you uh, with my own eyes and literally, you know, literally calling it a mask, take this mask off, um, not defining it any other way, but it is a mask and it is not my truth. And I haven't fully looked on my son until I've seen him yeah. with my own eyes really sets the mask as other really sets it as artificial. This is the lie I've been living. This is the cage I'm in and let the real me uh, look at you is so great. Uh, and everything you're saying about that first moment is reminding me of um, some interviews I, I've heard with Lucas. Uh, I've heard the interviews recently. They're not recent interviews of him saying, ah, I, I made the original trilogy and, and everybody thinks Darth Vader is really cool. And he, he's not, you shouldn't want to be like Vader. And so I had to go make the prequels because uh, people didn't get the story. <laughs> and like, <laughs> we try to talk gently about different opinions. Uh, George Lucas sometimes does not. So, <laughs> When you think about that scene of the mask coming on for the first time, and that's that's the poetry with the mask coming off of like, yeah. I made this in 83 where I tried to make it clear that the mask was bad. He didn't want to be under there ultimately. So when I go back to make the prequels, I'm going to show you how awful it is when he gets pinned inside that mask. It syncs up so perfect, and and go back to Phantom Menace. And oh, did we? Why did we see as Darth Vader as a little boy? Because that's where we all start as a, as as a youngling. You know, we're all there. And how can that go wrong? How can uh, all these institutions go wrong? You and I talk about that all the time. No, it works so perfectly, and and it does come up every now and then. We bring it up. I, I did talk about it on the Spotlight Star Wars maybe a couple years ago. Now, same same thing. We're talking about the novel. Uh, the novelization on uh, Tuesday on the News and Q show about the Mothma stuff. I think what you're talking about, I know for sure, is there's the great stuff in the novelization by James Kahn of Luke crying and and the tears falling onto Anakin's face and it feels like rain or he thinks it's rain and whatever he's oh. seen. It's it's has stuck with me forever, even when I couldn't and didn't need to remember those details for either a podcast or a trivia show <laughs> in conversation. I'd be like, hey, have you ever read the novel part? Oh, you got to read the part where... Luke cries on Anakin. It's it's still one of my favorite moments in Star Wars, just in that novelization, and and it ties in perfectly. And and for George to again to build back to that, and to have to explain it, and 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 you know, hey, so that's not new. Sometimes we get frustrated. I think you and I sometimes get frustrated 
when we hear people maybe misinterpret a, a big moment of, I wanted Luke to kick ass. Oh, you didn't see Jedi return of, okay. Um, you know, George feels that, <laughs> feels that to an even higher degree. So much so he's like, fine, I'll make three more movies. <laughs> so you understand it's a tragedy. Uh, well, moving on to a tragedy and redemption and a lot of people's favorite character in Star Wars, Kylo Ren. Uh, let's talk about Kylo, Ben Solo, and the mask. Is this, if Vader's mask is the mask of Star Wars, is Kylo Ren's the most complicated mask in Star Wars? Yeah, I, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, because it, it, the mask has its own journey, right? It's got its own story. <laughs> <laughs> right. You could just have, a, you know, a, a golden, yeah. uh, those, you know, kids' books, <laughs> a little yeah. golden book of uh, Kylo's mask. Well, I got dropped, then I got picked up by Hux, then I got smashed, then I got (laughs) put back together by a space monkey. That mask goes on a journey. Uh, Yeah, so it literally goes on a journey, but I feel like Kylo Ren's relationship with it is so Mm -hmm. multi-layered. And and the mask does come on and off and, and, and reinvents itself in a way that I think makes it really, and it's such a core symbol of his character uh that it gets really complicated really fast in a great way what do you think it means that kylo doesn't just have his own mask but he has a shrine to vader's mask if you're starting from that point of i'm wearing a mask talking to my grandfather's mask how does that complicate kylo's mask well it shows that kylo probably needed to watch the prequels uh (laughs) he probably needed to see uh, those movies again for the first time and uh, this is this is uh, an emotional canon connective point to that stuff. This is uh, Force Awakens saying, uh, you know, here's what came before and, and how you can look at it wrong. I'm thinking of uh, uh, what's what's his name, Ransom Castrofo and, and Bloodlines, who just uh, yeah, you know, I connect, I collect all these Empire uh, Imperial masks. Pretty cool, huh? Yeah, they're just history. There's not a horrific meaning attached. Yeah, uh, and so and this is who he wanted to be, who he who he was trying to be, and and. Uh, in the beginning, you know, so definitely that starts the journey. Yeah, I think for me in, in there's it's I think it's referenced in the films in its own way. And, and people have made a lot of jokes. I don't even mean this as a joke. I, it immediately makes Kylo's mask cosplay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vader's mask is something that kind of happened to him. Like he like the literal mask, like yeah. he chose the path of the Sith and, and he chose to try to go for Obi-Wan when Obi-Wan had the high ground. Uh, you know, Anakin made a lot of choices. But I don't think that like Palpatine showed him a catalog, right? And <laughs> said, "Here's different ways we could handle your injuries." That mask just came on him. Uh, so there's a, there's something that's kind of like uh, genuine about it. Of mm-hmm. I need I need it to survive, genuine, and also like I just found myself in it, and it became me. I made it me. Right. Uh, and so to go from that genuine experience to Kylo wanting to reinvent himself, not ever feeling comfortable being. Uh, who he was or feeling like he was allowed to choose himself. So he's going to go choose something and he goes to the dark side and he chooses to explore that part of his lineage. And he takes it as far as I'm going to choose to wear this mask immediately makes it just uh, really rich and intriguing because it's a form of, I'm not just expressing myself. I'm trying to be like something that came before me and find genuine truth in dressing up like my grandfather. Yeah, again, a lesson for all of us and, and why 
you know, Kylo continues to be, you know, I love all the characters, man. And, and, and I love what you always say, how you're inspired by Ray. I am, I am too. And, uh, but, but Kylo's the one that's just like, it, it can be us if we're not careful. It can be, you know, um, uh, you know, not seeing the truth of what came before or just only focusing on certain parts of it and then trying to become that later on in many, many areas. I don't know. That's I just love it at the beginning. I love how I love it. Laura Santeca. I love that exchange with Laura Santeca. So oh yeah. Me about the mask, but it, but it is right. It is. It's, it's him just going just, yeah. he's it. Laura Santeca and, uh, and Poe Dameron. They're right from the beginning are taking shots of the mask. Uh, and, and that has some, some deep meaning, you know, deep meaning to it. Um, uh, so I, I like it. I like the journey. Yeah, yeah, the Lord Santeca, yeah, something far worse has happened to you. Yeah, he, yeah. he takes that shot that's kind of like that. See, you, you've you decided to embrace this lineage. Yeah, and then Poe just straight up makes fun of it. Like, <laughs> oh, do you have a Halloween mask poser? I can't really understand what you're saying. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, go for it. Uh, I just was thinking, because you go back to that first Force Wake, it's a great moment. It's real funny, and it was the first time in watching, you know, in the first sequence of the movie where I took a breath going, okay, yeah. All right, I, I love the feel of this. We're we're here because we we're all so nervous. If you were an older fan, seeing Force Awakens and, and going, all right, hope they don't mess this up, right? We all had those kind of like oh, the the I talk you talk was the first time I went like, oh man, I'm into this. I'm into this. Yeah, but then can't really back, understand with the uh, the apparatus. Yeah. yeah, to look back now and be like that. This is a Star Wars mask, and to have one of the one of the heroes just being like, man, your silly little mask. I it, it doesn't work for me, man. I, 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 it's, it's a statement. Uh, it's, it's a them thematic statement and, and I love it. And it's just all wrapped up in a fun little beat. Yeah. Yeah. And there's something to me about the word, uh, apparatus. That's really, it's almost like what you'd say to somebody who has like, you know, dental gear or something, you mm -hmm. know, that's really like poking fun at it. Like, yeah. Oh, your scary mask. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, what do you, there's so many different meanings for Kylo's mask, but what when you boil it down, what do you think is the ultimate meaning of Kylo's mask? Ooh, uh, ooh, um, I think the ultimate meaning to me is, is it represents a, a false a false pursuit for who you think you are, a false uh, personal journey. Um, yeah, does it make sense? Like, like, yeah, it, it it's. You thought you were this, you weren't this, but this is what you pursued, uh, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it totally does. Um, yeah, I think uh, the way, I think we're thinking of the same thing in the way that it made sense to me to phrase it is that he is ultimately hiding from himself. That yeah. the he is definitely trying to put on the mask and project that I am of the dark side. I am resisting the call to the light. This is my true lineage. This is the true way to see the galaxy. Uh, I got to decide who I am and, and here it is. I'm not Ben Solo. I'm Kylo Ren. And here's, here's my fearsome mask that says that. So there's definitely like projecting outward, but the way he uses it in the films and the way he has this push pull relationship with uh, rejecting it and wanting it back again yeah. and again is really speaks to me of hiding from himself of, he does feel the pull to the light. He does kind of closer to the surface than Anakin did know that he, he this path is not the right path but he wants to be on it because he wants to believe that he chose it for himself in this mask helps him just lie to himself uh which is people have pointed out you know and every time i think i've got them all listed i remember more times where people either make fun of the mask mm -hmm. or just blatantly tell him to take it off mm -hmm. 
and you know snoke literally tells him to take it off and you know and and really makes fun of it uh laura santeca and poe make fun of it uh han uh makes uh tells him you know to show him the true face of his son you know ray in rise of skywalker says i see through the cracks in your mask um there's so many moments uh where it just becomes explicit that he's like hey this is my mask this is my face i'm showing the galaxy who i am and almost everyone he meets going nah we can see through your mask that's not who you are right both people who want him to come back to the light and people who want to believe that he has fully given into the darkness right yeah uh, yeah thinking of uh that Ray scene, that the double interrogation scene is a big moment for me. It's one of my favorite moments. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I even think there's like an element where to me, he, he is wanting to put it back together and put it back on. Cause he wants to hide himself from Palpatine. Mm. Yeah. Have we ever discussed that? That's a great I, point to dive into. Um, Cause I, I'm, I'm the, I'm the type that just, uh, you know, I'm a dummy when I watch these movies and I am like, I, 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 I <laughs> no, didn't, you're not. Oh uh, yeah. You know, but you know, I, I, when, 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 uh, uh wrecked the monkey boy, what is it? Albrecht, uh, oh. dirty rotten scoundrel reference there, my friends. Um, <laughs> when he rebuilds the mask, I never thought, well, why is he doing it a year after? Right. I never thought any more than that. Uh, other than cool. He's just, he's, just, he's now's the time to build the mask and form the team back together and really kind of take on this new empire. But I love uh, connecting it to like, oh crap! There's a there's a threat. There's a threat, and I and it's someone who really knows who I am, really knows my grandfather. I better project something. I never really stopped to think about it, and I I really love that love that point. Awesome, awesome, yeah. And you just made me remember even again. They, they, when he puts it back on, there's a, a resistance from Hux. He Hux tries to hide it, and and you know the other first order officers like, I like it. Great mask. <laughs> <laughs> is a underrated conference room scene a underrated conference room scene so what are you, some of your favorite uh moments of the kylo ren mask uh you know from there's there's a there's there's a lot on this journey but i, I both it's one we talk about a force awakens and, and we, i'm sure we'll talk about this moment time and time again but it's that double interrogation moment it is him when he's so confident and cocky and the insults just piss him off uh poe and all the stuff you know he's he's he is uh, pretty convinced of who he thinks he is or inside his head. So when Ray's just kind of like, you're just a monster with a mask and he, and he takes it off. And, and again, remember, you know, um, Adam driver's hair was, was a little feathier, feathier, uh, feathery, uh, than, uh, than, you know, maybe we'd want. And it got kind of, I remember some laughter in the theater and, and, um, I remember maybe not like that moment as much until you go look at it for what it is and the why of the scene, and just him just so like, oh, I don't need this mask. And the first thing that happens is he loses. <laughs> Ray gets in his head. The ma- It could have been with the mask or without the mask. Doesn't matter. But he takes it off like, I'm such a badass. I don't need this mask. And she kicks his butt. She gets in his head and learns who he really is in that scene. So that's the symbolism of, of him thinking, uh, I don't need this. And then, oh, crap. No, I do. I need my mask. <laughs> oh, no. You, you are... That. Yeah, you're totally onto it of like, you know, yeah. she calls him a monster and like he takes it off in a challenging way of like, I'll show you the monster isn't in the mask. I'm the monster. And then yeah. he's like, oh, whoops, no. <laughs> <laughs> whoopsie, whoopsie, back on, back on. <laughs> um, so that uh, we can talk about that some more. But then and then um, uh, when he faces when he faces Han, when he when he's there at the end 
that one little shot when he drops the mask. We've already seen it a little bit. He puts it in his little mask holder with the ashes of his victims or whatever that is. Mm-hmm. You get the sense that it's heavy. But when he drops it on that catwalk and it thunks to the ground, it is such a, a symbol to me of that can't be good. That can't feel good. It's heavy. It's weighted. And that's the the, the price you're willing to pay to be who you think you are, this evil monster. You're turning away from that life and from, again, some understandable things in your childhood that maybe questioned who you are. I get it. Han wasn't great. I get it. But that was the cost. That to me was the moment where you're like, that is how much this is costing him. That's how heavy a burden is on him is literally this mask. I love that moment. Yeah, uh, I, I really agree with both those moments. Uh, I think for one of mine, I was going to say specifically the way Han talks to him about it. And, you know, he says, take that mask off. Everybody's told him to take the mask off. Uh, and uh, Kylo says, well, what do you think you'll see? And Harrison Ford's delivery is just amazing. And the, the face of my son mm-hmm. and just that utter confidence that like, I know what you've been through. You know, it goes back to our little bit of talking about, you know, non-literal masks of Han. Like, uh, hey, I, I've projected being somebody other than who I am because I know the fear of, of being vulnerable. I'm, I'm doing it right now. And I know that that mask is you hiding from me, son. And I yeah. know that underneath it, it's not a monster. Underneath it is my son. Uh, mm-hmm. Is really powerful. And yeah, you're, you're so right about that sound design of the clunk, the heavy whoomp. Of it hitting hitting the ground, it's one of those things that gives you that brief bit of uh, false hope that maybe it's going to work out. Yeah, and totally. it obviously does not. Uh, so that that moment is high for me. Um, I think the reforging of the mask. I really like the reforging of the mask. I think it is extremely meaningful. I think it works very much uh, for Kylo. I don't feel like it's just uh, because the design is cool and to put it back um, in just that image it's such a great new image in star wars of uh the mask with the the red cracks in it and the idea of a cracked mask does just feel like he's been you know he's gone down super far down the dark side path by the end of last jedi he hoped for that connection to ray he didn't get it he's been rampaging across the galaxy trying to eliminate any threat to his power uh he, he sees something that that scares him in in palpatine and he's just trying so hard to be who to be Kylo Ren and not be Ben Solo and to the point where he's like, I'm scrape this mask up and I'll force it back together and I'll force other people around me to just accept it to just, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, he's just, he's trying to shove it down the entire galaxy as well as his own throat that yeah. this is who I am. And, and, and he's having such a hard time clinging to it that there are literally cracks in it. <laughs> I love that he had it in like some space baggy. Just sitting around in his closet. He's like, well, I definitely need to pull that cowboy hat down again. Let me dust that off. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Don't, don't tear up your uh, cowboy hat and have to put it back together. Uh, my last favorite Kylo Ren mask moment is now that we know it is, you know, unique. It is the only one. That does mean that not only did Hux have to rescue Kylo himself from Starkiller Base, he had to stop on that bridge and pick up that mask. I think it was the other way around. He picks him up. Get my mask. Where is it? On the catwalk. Need my mask. My mask is on the catwalk. (laughs) I definitely want to hear Adam Driver say that. My mask is on the catwalk. Uh, We're going to move on to some other masks because there's so many. Uh, Din Djarin, the Mando. Uh, 
I just wanted to start from, you know, this is, we're going to get into a lot of recent Star Wars storytelling because that's, I think, when the masks become a little bit more complex. Does having a masked main character change masks in Star Wars? Does it change what they mean now that we've had a whole show starring a masked person? I definitely think it changes how you can tell the stories uh, because they do get a lot out of it. Um, uh, there's so many scenes where it's like there, there's there's emotion coming out of there. And I'll give credit to uh, uh, to uh, the performers, Latif Crowder and, uh, you know, um, uh, Brendan Wayne. Uh, they, they were able to succeed in doing that uh, when at times maybe I thought in the moment I was like, oh, man, I just kind of miss you know, miss knowing that the, the Pedro's in there, in there or just that we can't see the face, you know, um, it, it, looking back, it, it worked for me. And that changes how you can tell the story where now maybe if there was a, you know, a fear of, of can you communicate these themes, these actions, these feelings, uh, even though you did it with Vader, you did it with David Prowse and everyone, uh, I think you can do it now. And I think you, people will be, be more open to it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, Vader's legend is, looms larger than his screen time. Right. So yes. even with that, that's different to be like, this is our main character. And sometimes, you know, it's rare that there's not a scene with him in it. So we're always with a masked person in the Mandalorian. Uh, so I think just that that reality of pushing Star Wars storytelling in that direction is important. And I also think it just takes this big step forward of there's definitely some wrestling in the Mandalorian about is the mask uh, who he really is, or is there this vulnerability or this possibility of another life underneath and all that, uh, that you can kind of relate back to a divided identity the same way Vader, Anakin, Kylo, Ben wrestle with. But in general, I think it is a much more complex conversation because it has to do so much with, uh, his culture as a Mandalorian and his job as a bounty hunter. And it's tied up in his identity in all sorts of different ways that, that starts to make the idea of masks in Star Wars more complex. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So um, what do you think the tradition of never letting anyone see him without the mask, what does that mean? Uh, we can get into, do you, do you think that's a new idea in Mandalorian culture? Do you think it is an old idea that has returned? Is it a subset of Mandalorian culture that he was raised in? Maybe we'll get some answers on that. Um, so what what does it mean to you culturally? And what is it, do you think it means to, to him as an individual? Is, is it kind of like never let him see you sweat? Is that what it is? <laughs> never let him see you bleed. Never let him see you sweat. Yeah. Never let him hear you fart. Yeah. Because yeah. it's, a, it's a powerful combination of you absolutely announcing to the world who you are, but uh, not letting them crack through that. Uh, so it can be potentially uh, dangerous, not in the Kylo way, like, you know, Mandalorian's afraid for people to see who he is, but he, he feels as though this is who he is and this is who he needs to be. And, 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 and then the lesson of reprogramming starts to come in there. But as far as the mask itself, I, I think it, I'm still... It's one of the only give me a canon answer things I think I do actively want. Other ones I'll take it when they come or be happy with my head cannon. But this this form of being a Mandalorian this way, this is the way versus what we've seen before in canon things. Um, I know in Legends this might have been something similar. Um, and then combined with the fact that, hey, yeah, it's a creed, you know, type of thing. Yeah, that being a Mandalorian is not just a people, it's a creed, yeah. I do want to know more about that and what that really means, particularly to him uh, being a foundling. Yeah. 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 I think for, for, I, I agree. I, I think that is, it's one of those canon answers that isn't just like, well, let me know how this person got from this planet to this planet in this speed. Right. Like it's not, it, it, it's so meaningful, right? 
because if it is a subset of Mandalorian culture that he was raised in, uh, that's really meaningful. If it is that all surviving Mandalorians have embraced this subset of culture now. So what used to be just for him and a specific group of Mandalorians is now for all Mandalorians because of the way they're living and, and the devastation of their culture. All, all those canon answers become really rich and, and meaningful. Um, I think for him individually, I like the way it's played with in the show that I don't fully get this like, I'm hiding. I'm just a mask. I'm just a bounty hunter. I'm just a Mandalorian. It, it, it feels like there is such meaning and culture in it. It's his tradition. It's one that he has had and, and has made the choice to be a part of since he was a child. Uh, and it's really, uh, you know, communicated by the armor as have you been true to your culture? Have you ever let anybody see you without your mask? And, you know, and it's a choice, right? But then there's this side of it of, I don't know. I think of the mask almost more as that uh, public private distinction Mm -hmm. where we do get intimations that he has a private life. Um, He seemed to manage to have a flirtation or maybe a relationship (laughs) with one of those other bounty hunters while keeping his helmet on, which led to many great (laughs) internet jokes. Um, But you know, the great uh, chapter four, there's this, it's like without the mask, he could have this quieter, simpler, less violent life. And like the mask is the life he's, he has made the choice to lead, Mm -hmm. but he could have this different life without it, but he wouldn't really be a Mandalorian anymore. So it's interesting to me because I think it is playing around with this idea of is the mask and his life under the mask causing him to lose humanity? Or is it just a symbol of, this is the path I, I chose. And I know if I took it off, I could take this other path, but that, that path isn't available to me with the mask on. Mm. Yeah. 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 Oh, a different kind of choice. And I want, I still wonder what he's going to do too. This, this, this section has me wondering more what's to come. Uh, not just in terms of answers, but his decisions. Cause I think yeah. you're right. Could he feel yeah. No, yeah. Mm. You, do you think, uh, do you think he's going to show the child his face? Yes. Yes. Do do you think that's like the last shot (laughs) of the entire show? The entire show just takes it off. The final shot is like a teenage uh, child with a wispy mustache, uh, you know, about 120 uh, year old. No, a little older. And then, yeah, him, him, a 53 year old, um, the child with a little wispy mustache and uh, Pedro (laughs) Pascal. Beautiful. I love it. Uh, what are your favorite moments with uh, the Mando's mask? Uh, it is it is specifically the cockpit scenes later in the uh, show with the child, uh, where he's being a precocious little fifty year old child, but trying to be like his dad and and uh, you know taking the um, uh, taking the, uh, the, the 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 little ball on the controller and everything, and just you you do get so much emotion, so much frustration, but uh, I've still got to protect you. You get a lot out of those scenes. And that's where I forget it's a mask. I forget that, uh, that it is not uh, who he is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. At that point, it just feels like that's the character's face and that character is still emoting like crazy uh, while interacting with uh, his, his foundling, his young child. Uh, I do like the scene where it all, it starts to get taken off and he, he puts it back down and it, it's, it's one of the most, uh, Great visual. Uh, <laughs> uh, I would like to date you, but I cannot. <laughs> it ain't uh, me, babe. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it ain't me, babe. For some people in life, that's a text. Uh, for the Mando, it's a gentle, 
Sorry, you cannot take my mask off. Uh, my other favorite moment, my biggest favorite moment, is the the fully realized Hammer Time flashback where we mm. see young maskless uh, Din Djarin looking up at the Mando who's rescuing him because it's one of my favorite things about this show is it seems like uh, Din Djarin knows that people have uh, associations with this mask, that they see it as fearsome, mm. that they see it as the legacy of the Mandalorian. That's the mask of a of a hunter, of a Mando, of a bounty hunter, of a, of a person you do not mess with. It's the face of a warrior. But he knows, and now we know through his eyes, that's the face of salvation. That's mm-hmm. the face of hope and being taken in. Of every, There's death and destruction around him. And then he looks up and he sees that mask. So that's what the mask means to him, is I think just great complex mask storytelling. Yeah, it's safety. It's safety. Yeah, it's family. It's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have teased this conversation uh, the entire episode. Let's talk about Enfys Nest. Uh, why is Enfys taken off the mask in Solo so powerful? It's it's so powerful because it comes the way it's played. Uh, and and one of my and we just uh, I had that Star Wars ranked Solo edition a couple weeks ago. Um, solo, I mean, I just did it. Um, talking about a character in the movie solo life's confusing uh just what emphasis brings to the story of the five points and, and and it's tradition uh culture you talk about her mother that came before her and such the great design i, I love emphasis and the cloud riders and just the way they look john powell's score when they come in but to take all that into that moment and she's been pretending uh, you know i don't know if she's been proclaiming it but she's been pretending and acting like a marauder no one cared to ask they just assumed uh, what they were doing right Um, but it comes down to it and she knows she needs their help. She needs a lot of people's help because this fight is real. The fight is big and the war has just begun. So when she, to me, when she takes that mask off, it's not about, Hey man, I I have to leave my traditions and everything. She's still that she still gets to put the mask back on. Um, it is, it is a, let me show you who I really am and why, um, I'm tired of fighting alone and why it's important for us to, we, work together and one of my favorite things about it is after that big reveal she sighs and says i need a drink right exhausted from this fight by herself and it is a i am the face of the new rebellion and the rebellion is on the ground the rebellion is the people the rebellion is these cultures affected and these supplies and resources taken from our cities uh, and planets and it's all about that to me down to that moment of of i'm not i'm not who you think i am this is who i am I need your help because I'm exhausted doing this on my own. And I love that stuff. That's why it's important to me. Yeah. Oh, man, that's uh, well said, well thought out. And I'll go there. It's juicy as well. Um, I think it for me. So what's that? Like that drink she served, gets served. (laughs) Yeah. The Savarine brandy, right? Yeah. yeah, I think it is. We were talking about masks is the is. A projection of identity but sometimes then people will think that is all i got it I, I know everything about you from your mask and there's definitely an element of that of like she is going around the galaxy fighting kicking ass intimidating people in order to get the resources uh that she needs for people to survive and to have hope uh so there there is an element of like yeah that that is a part of who i am this is a, and obviously the mask is a part of her culture and a part of her tradition and yeah. It, it evokes that in the real world from its design, uh, but that's not the in whole story. And I think it's it's really just such a great like you. 
the audience and you, the characters I'm interacting with, judged a book by by its cover. Mm -hmm. And I'm taking, you know, I'm ripping the the cover off for a second, and you can see that there's a lot more story to tell. And it it just subverts so many expectations about masks and about Star Wars storytelling. And, you know, it's not just that, you know, there's such power in, in she is a younger, fresher, non-wounded face, right? Yeah. That it's got some power there and that, that just that sets people back. Uh, that they're like, oh, we did not expect, a you know, a younger mm. uh, person under yeah. there. We expected, you know, grizzled, haunted weirdo. Uh, and then she's, you're right. She's got that great mix of like kind of surprised you by what the nature of my face is. But then I let you know right away, like I am not a child. <laughs> I'm <laughs> exhausted and I need a drink. <laughs> yeah. Tired of fighting on my own. Tired, tired of having to prove, uh, prove people, uh, prove people's thoughts of me wrong. Constantly, constantly, constantly. And yeah. Or let the whole galaxy think that that's what she is. Think that she's a yep. marauder who is, you know, stealing from crime Lords for, selfish reasons yeah 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 uh yeah yeah and then this great great tip of the iceberg storytelling in star wars is one sentence that i think a a lot of us star wars fans have got so excited about um where beckett's asking her well what would you do with the coaxium anyway and Enfys says the same thing my mother would have if she had survived and still wore the mask i'll use it to fight back uh paraphrasing on that last sentence but um same thing my mother would have if she had survived and still wore the mask. Uh, what is the power of that? Why, why does that resonate so much with us, Ken? Uh, what I, I think, uh, talking about legacy, the importance of legacy, um, um, tip of the iceberg storytelling with some, some just on who Emphis is, but I think it, it resonates to, to a lot of us out there to, to carry on uh, beliefs uh, that we inherited, uh, and, and to do good with them, and to to uh, to recognize all that. There, uh, I am in, infinitely intrigued by what came before the moments of of uh, the emphasis that we know, including a little bit of moments in the comics. Um, it's and it's powerful, and, and I love the way it's delivered. By yeah, Norman. yeah, such great uh, legacy and such great uh, storytelling that this is a tradition that is being passed on, and is therefore not just a choice that Enfys is making, mm-hmm. but a tradition in a battle that she had the responsibility to continue. Uh, would you yeah. want a mask passed on to you? Cause it is, uh, it, it suggests a huge amount of responsibility. Um, yeah, I think in, in, in some ways we were all passed on some sort of uh, mask uh, and we must, um, choose how to use them. And sometimes the masks can be heavy like Kylo's, whether we want them to be or not. So I think we all are passed on a mask, but a literal mask. Um, uh, yeah. Give me a, give me a new cowboy hat. <laughs> destroyed in one of my last wrestling matches. So yes. Yeah. I, I think that's one of the things that really intrigues me about this. Cause there's so much about emphasis character that is uh, uh, powerful in, in many different ways, including her actual, you know, like skills and competency and resolve that we see in the film. Um, but uh, I think that weight of we all do uh, uh, have legacies and we all do have, uh, you know, ideas from our past and from our parents and elders that we want to continue. But when it becomes something as literal as a mask, that uh, it, it's it, the weight of that is really powerful to me. My dad, um, who's quite young, I think my dad's going to be here for, for quite a long time, mm-hmm. had just kind of out of the blue told me, like, I'm going to. 
I want to leave you my drums. Uh, mm. And these are uh, from the 1960s. Uh, Black Rogers, they're, they're valuable. They're and, and they're his legacy. Uh, and he said, I want to, I want these, I want you to have these drums when I'm gone, but you have to play them. You have to oh. use them. And like, in that mm. moment, I was like, oh, I think that's a little how Enfys Nest feels. <laughs> it's like this great, yeah. deep honor, but, but really frightening too, to have that, that all of that responsibility of legacy in a physical item that, mm. and if it's a mask, it can stare at you. Just haunting you on the shelf. Yep. 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 Pound uh, those skins. Pound those skins. That's right. That is a that is my uh, tradition to continue somehow. We're gonna uh, start to wrap up our conversation here because as always, we could talk about masks forever. I wanted to ask you because we both love this character, Zori Bliss. Uh, great mask. What do you mm-hmm. feel like the meaning of Zori's mask is? Uh, I think it's other than a great design, I'm looking at a little Funko pop I have right there up on the shelf in front of me here. I think other than that, it it is, I want to say similar to emphasis, but when, when, when she reveals those eyes and Carrie Russell, such a good actor, you just, the story is told there. Um, It is, it is the eyes of Poe's true past, not, 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 not what he did, but, but who he is. She really knows him. Uh, It's there to spur him on. But also to me, I take it a little bit of like, Hey, here's, Galaxy's not in a great spot right now. Jimmy's not in a great spot right now. So this mask is part of that. Again, we don't know how much. I, I, I haven't studied the visual uh, dictionary. I don't know how much is for survival and how much is just cool, right? Um, well, maybe we'll learn more in that uh, YA novel coming up. But I think she needs that mask for a lot of different reasons. But when she, boom, that, that shield comes up and you can see her eyes, you see someone who is afraid, someone who wants uh, a different life, wants a better way, and wants to fight back against what's going on too. the whole, uh, that's how they win when they, they think, make you think you're alone. Like it's, it's this raw, the ability to see that, that the real person inside, um, it, it, it's so effective for me, just the way that works and that scene in that story. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm in total agreement. I think, uh, I think there are some hints in the visual dictionary and I'm, I'm sure we'll get more in that Poe book of, you know, how much is that just like, this is, I'm the leader of this gang and this is the symbol of the gang and you know, how much mm-hmm. got tactical advantages in that. But you're right. Like that is a power, not only that the way it, it affects the audience, but thinking that Zori knows that she has this power and is doing it on purpose that like this, you know, on moving, uh, possibly scary mask. And she knows with a, a touch of a button she can suddenly hit you with all of that real emotional power that we sense from eyes. You know, it's like, you know, it's like eyes as like, we we can all shoot beams out of our eyes like superheroes. They're called emotions. (laughs) And she can flip that lid open and and hit you with real emotion when you haven't been, you know, used Mm -hmm. to it from her. Yeah, totally. Yeah, because she's been tough up to that point, blaster to the head. Uh, I don't see your brains in the snow. And that's, this is, hey, that's the real Zori is it what, what's the name we learned uh zori bliss and there's the, the other name that's in the book that we're sorry win i think yeah yeah, zori win. yeah so yeah i really love it uh yes zori is is a great example of cool design cool moment get a great performer but it means so much more when you use it uh, correctly in the story yeah any other specific masks or mask moments you want to discuss? Uh, we got Sedan Athano with his Kalish mask. Yeah, the, there's that whole Mask of Darth uh, moment uh, story in uh, in the Vader comic. Uh, Ezra has a helmet collection. <laughs> Any other moments of masks that you want to be sure to mention? 
I do like uh, Ezra's helmet collection, especially now I'm doing my Rebels uh, rewatch there. Sedan Athano is just, uh, talk about great design. Again, talk, bring up the Kalish. There's a lot there. The the Darth Moment mask, I'm glad you brought that up because it's, it, it, I don't know, it means a lot. You know, it means a lot, those masks and this idea that you, you put on these masks and an evil takes you over. It's a good statement on kind of what the Sith uh, believe in or, or how they act so it's interesting but it also is is i'm not drawn to that part of the star wars story too much right now but uh i do want to learn more of it and it definitely again for the sith and yeah, i'm thinking of the acolytes of beyond uh from beyond uh or beyond in um aftermath um same type of thing right one of them puts on that mask and boom suddenly he's killing all her friends um oh that's right yeah it's a powerful powerful thing it just um yeah, that that particular ep- issue didn't grab me. I, I I think it's worth a reread on my part. Okay, yeah, yeah, because I, I really love that that mask. It just it cuts uh, mm-hmm. just directly to the mythic history of masks and, and the mm-hmm. fear of them that they can both. I think that's for me the main thing that is intriguing about masks. They can hide identity and they can contain identity at the same time. And yeah. that that's that mythic idea is really at work in that whole story uh, in that fear of finding a face from the past that might still hold identity the way Mm. that haunted mask does is just Mm. really intriguing to me. What do you want the future of masks to be in star Wars? Uh, When we get more mask storytelling uh, or more mask characters, is there anything new you want to see? Um, yeah, uh, could there could there be a, an example of uh, you know because we didn't Force Awakens you got the three main characters start the movie in a mess and all these kind of big themes on the surface and stuff like that is there is there some some other way and maybe maybe the Mandalorian and keeping the mask on decides I don't know of a story of just someone someone ascends to the mask not just earns it or is handed to it but makes that choice to take on what it represents almost going back a little bit of the Jedi Temple Guard what it could potentially mean of like hey give a little of yourself up. Padme, give a little of yourself up to to where this sort of mask, you know what I mean? But just some other, because it wouldn't be a Sith and there's no other than the Jedi Temple stuff. There's no like, I don't know. But so if there's a, a culture, there's something we can learn out there in the galaxy of of getting that mask is a good thing. And, and taking on this role and this persona is something you want to aspire to be. And it's not confusing. You are deciding, uh, you know, with the help of destiny to go that direction. No, oh, yeah, I like that a lot. I think, uh, I think for me, I, I would happily take more storytelling that is explicitly uh, about masks. You know, we got archaeologists running around the Star Wars galaxy. We got uh, di- a lot of different lore hunters in a lot of different eras. We got, you know, bounty hunters and people who just want to make money off of uh, relics. I, I would love more storytelling that does uh, uh, circle around finding masks or masks of the past, uh, like mm. uh, whole sets of them. There, there might be some interesting storytelling. I, I don't ever like it when Star Wars is super, super literal to the real world. But, you know, mm-hmm. you, you brought up our real world experience with masks. We're going through this interesting time where uh, they have they have a very practical, specific function. But mm-hmm. they also still have meaning very, based on what we print on them, obviously based on how people feel about them. They, they're going to start tapping into all of those questions of, you know, what happens when you literally can't tell someone is smiling or snarling. All yeah. of that stuff. So that would be pretty fascinating to put it in a Star Wars context, not not do real world storytelling, you know, one to one. But, you know, to tell a story of a culture of people, you know, that are maybe where the Mandalorians were back in the day. Like what happens when a culture either chooses to or needs to say we are a masked culture? What what mm-hmm. goes into that and how do they change? That well, would be an interesting Wars, story yeah, to me. Star Wars history. I like that. A little Star Wars history. All right. Final question, Ken, for masks. Mm-hmm. 
we already talked about your hat and your sunglasses, but if you were going to design a mask now to project your identity, to tell people who you are when you walked into a room, what might your mask look like? It would look like a helmeted version of a man always taking a nap, always <laughs> and secure in the peace of the moment. Ah, uh, yes. All right. I like to see Sleepy Ren. That's uh, that's going to be <laughs> my name for you uh, with your mask. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I would try to design, uh, some sort of, uh, uh, mask. You know, I, you know what I'd like is I would like a mood mask. I would like something that does cover my entire face. So you get a little bit of that like, well, okay, what's going on? Uh, but it'd be like the old school mood rings where it would like change colors. So it is both hiding my identity, but projecting my true emotions. That could work. And hope to keep it in like, you know, the cool friendly range, but sometimes... Sometimes those orange and red hues are going to sneak into my old mood mask. Correct. Any final thoughts on masks in Star Wars? Nah, man, other than what a what a fun discussion on something that's so important to the Star Wars story from both the figures you hold in your hands to what you're seeing on the screen. Loved it. That is right. It is a deep and complex uh, topic. So thanks, everyone, for going with us on this journey. Please let us know what your favorite masks are and why. We always love that. And I'll probably celebrate by uh, going and buying an action figure with a mask. Uh, We're going to close out with some personal plugs and some plugs for Force Center. Ken, where can people find you? You can find me at Cadnapsock. Uh, go to Cadnapsock.com for information. And all the things we do, we got the Charity Spotlight tab there. You can link to other things, uh, like I got uh, Box Score Heroes. If you like baseball, that podcast is going now. Excellent. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can check out my website, josephscrimshaw.com, uh, for all sorts of other comedy adventures in my podcast. Obsessed. Check out that masks episode if you are into masks, as we clearly are. And of course, we got some plugs here for Force Center. You can find us on Twitter at Force Center Pod. Our Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. The podcast itself is available on Anchor, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, all sorts of places. We have merch at tpublic.com slash user slash force center and of course if you want to support us you can go to patreon.com slash force center we're always excited to welcome new patrons we've got that uh, discord channel through patreon where people can have some fun and friendly star wars conversation so if you might be interested go to patreon.com slash force center that is it for myself for ken and for all the masks in the galaxy discovered and still to be discovered this was force center softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.